Kokorongo ki te tangi a te kori mako Ko rero flowing a te hoka force Ko papa relevant, ko papa out of bounds Ko papa exigent, ko papa paramount Nga ko nga whakapiri mai ki te Ko papa tino whakahira hira Whakarongo pi kari kari mai Hare hare mai, o tari ngā hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kane kane move that body Kane kane move that body E te iwi, te narākoutou katoa, mai te ika Māui whakawhiti, te moana raukawa ki te waipou namu. O tira whakawhiti ngā moana o te moana nui ākiwa me te moana tāpokopoka tāwhaki. E rere atu nei ngā mihi ki te ao. So whether you're in Aotearoa, New Zealand, or our listeners in Cuba, Laos, Germany, and all these random places that didn't realise that we had people listening. Tēnā kouta katoa, nau mai hoki mai ki te punua pāho nei, ki a taringa, e whakapāho atu nei iko nei i te bustling metropolis of Te Awamutu under the auspices of Te Wānanga Aotearoa from our media unit, Te Ipurau. E mihana, tēnā kouta katoa. Ko māua anō tēnei, kia ora, Snow. Tēnā koe pā, Brownie. Tēnā kouta hoki nei e whakarongo mai neina. Ko te pua heiri. One week out, here's another reminder. Mahuru Māori is next week. Two more sleeps, it iwi. Here we go. So, no mai tātou ki runga i tātātou kaupapa o Mahuru Māori. Mahuru Māori means we'll be only speaking Māori for the duration of that month. That means that taringa will only be in te reo Māori. But we still encourage you to tune in and listen Aye. and see what you can pick up. And we are very, very lucky no māua te waimari i tēnei ata. We're joined by a very special guest i tēnei ata. Uh, nō reira e te rangatira, e te hoa, uh, rāhui tēnā koe, nau mai ki tēnei punua pāho. Kia taringa. Tēnā kōrua, tēnā kūtou e whakarongo akena. Tēnā kūtou. Now, we've gone around and we're back at... Iwi o te wiki. Aye. And you remember that we done uh, one of our iwi o te wiki with Tema Hemi. A morehu. Tēnā koe mai 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 morehu. Aye. Mā te maanga e tautoko mai. Aye. Aye. And um, we've been looking at movements as a iwi. So i kōrero mātou māua ki a Tema Hemi. And this week, we've just had the koroneihana celebrations at Tūranga Wāwai. Uh, last week, so it's fitting that we talk about the Kingitanga. So, um, Rahui is one of the spokesmen for Kingi Tuhetia, one of the orators i runga i te pai o Tainui, and he's joined us, so e mihi nui ana kia koe, kia koe Rahui i tēnei ata, tēnā koe. Nau mai, haere mai. Kia ora. Before we get into our kōrero, Rahui's going to share a kiwaha with us that we're going to well, Snow and I are going to try and... Usually we murder these kiwaha. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to use it throughout the segment. And it's very Tainui-centric. Hoi anō, kei ako e Rahui? Very much so. So uh, my sister Pania and I went around collating a lot of our kiwaha from those uh, who aren't uh, are no longer here. Uh, and uh, one of the ones that came up on almost every conversation was puku kauana. Mm. So it's... Uh, Puku kauana means you've got a bloody cheek. Uh, so it's, it's something that you can use in every context and uh, in every conversation. Kia ora. Kia ora rawatu. Yes, I, I, I'm sure I'll be using that a lot with yes. uh, Puahiri. Aye, aye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, koe kiwaha e te iwi, puku kauana. Puku you've kauana. got a bloody cheek. You've got a bloody cheek. Yep. So for those that have uh, listened to past uh, podcasts as well, is that um, it's around the same as katahira. Yeah, yeah, sort of might be in that sort of, sort of yeah. could be a 
Eki, 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 and And also, you know, remember when Che was giving us all the definitions of we'ina, and, you know, how you say we'ina, you could say we'i, and that means, you know, you got to cheek too, damn cheek too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so puku kauana e te iwi. Yeah, Snow and I, Puhaiti and myself, will be using that through the uh, segment, Aye. maybe to each other. And once again, is it can it differ in such a way in which the person uses it? It's really a sarcastic comment. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when someone says, oh, look, I'm the man, I'm the most uh, beautiful woman in the world, they say, puku kauana koe ko. Kia ora, kia ora. Yeah, we'll be using that. Yeah, yeah, we'll be using that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nō reira e te iwi, um, ko tā tātou kaupapa kōrero i tēnei wiki ko te kingitanga. Ah, kia ora. And um, I did, you know, say that it's the koroneihana, the, the 12th koroneihana celebrations of mm. um, kingi tu heitia. And it's also this year's 160th year ai. since the inception of the, the kingitanga. The kingitanga, ai, kia ora. Um, nō reira, ka fiua ki a koe rāhui, ka waiho mā te wairua tātou kōrero e arataki. And I'm sure a lot of our, you know, listeners out there are wondering, you know, where did the whakaaro for, for kingitanga come from? So really the genesis of the kingitanga was about to reclaim our self-determination in our own country. A lot of our leadership across the country had felt that we were being minimalised uh, even in our own rohe. In uh, the mana of the rangatira were being just degraded and pushed over, really. And really because of some of the processes, so like they'd go to a particular person in the tribe to sign off the sale of land, whereas the rangatira of those lands didn't agree to it, but they would honour it because it was someone from that iwi. Uh, and so they felt people were, were feeling that they were being degraded. So the movement of the kingitanga uh, actually was... Uh, designed by uh, a couple of guys, by Piri Kawau and Tamihana Te Rauparaha, when they visited England and they saw, actually they saw the changing of the guard. So all the horses' legs were working in unison and they thought, man, this queen must have huge mana for all of her horses to be working in unison, <laughs> let alone the people, <laughs> so the soldiers at that time. So they thought look, we'll go back to Aotearoa and we'll put the whakaaro there. And from there, it went around to interview worthy people. The primary basis was whakapapa, having leadership skills in their own right. And so a number, uh, more than 20 people were interviewed about becoming the first Māori king. And it was really about the unification of Māori so that we could stand together as one on national issues as it related to the settler government at the time. And I think, too, you know, just to put everyone in context, you know, this is 160 years ago. Um, it's probably the biggest iwi, mass iwi consultation, hey, that was taken up. It's probably the first one. Um, and these rangatira that took the copa by round, they walked or they went by cart? Horse, or- and, horse and buggy, uh, <laughs> but a lot of them walked around. You know, they travelled from the north to the east to the west to the south and mm. and then they had major national hui. So that was one, those were some of the first times that um, rangatira from across the country came to national hui as well. Kia ora. I think that's something a lot of people um, fail to realise that the consultation before the inception of the first king because there's a lot that agrees that they don't belong or with um, a lesser of an understanding towards um, how the consultation happened. So um, could you tell us about um, what happened prior to the first inception of the first King Pototo Te Whiriwhiru? Yeah, so those two guys came back in and around about 1845. So it took about 13 years cool. to actually get to a point. And that's that's uh, a mark, I suppose, of the patience, of the resilience 
of the kaupapa to go around for that long before something is actually finalised. And and you're right, there are some people that feel like that. Uh, there are also some people that know the history of their tupuna and the mm. sayings of their tupuna uh, as it relates to the beginning of the kikitanga as well. Could you share just maybe some of that, well, I don't want to say because they're all sort of special in their own right, but... Um, I know when you talk about they went to interview and then and then those ariki or rangatira they replied in in, in a particular manner and sort of yeah yeah Oh, look, when they, you know, the one that has become a proverb now is probably the response of the east coast of Tikani Atakido uh, when they asked him, e koe hei kingi. you should be the, the Māori king. And he said, e harataku maunga hikurangi te maunga haere, mm. e maunga, he maunga tūtonu ko tōna mana mai o namata nō tua whakarere. Right? Mm. So my mana comes from an age-old whakapapa process rather than uh, a Pākehā title uh, mm. that, uh, that can be put on me. And he also said that I'm from one side of the island and it might be better to unify the people in the middle uh, sort of thing. And so that's become a proverb. You had Topia Tūro from Whanganui, for example, and Te Heuheu from Taupo talking about the small fish in their rivers and lakes. And they're saying, you know, they knew the pressures of hosting Māori because in those times you didn't go to a tangi or a hui uh, just for the day and then you aye, drive aye, home aye, again. Aye. You go yeah. and you stay for a month aye. and the responsibility of the host is to manaki, is to Yo. look after you and feed you. Uh, and the resources of that area would wane fairly quickly if you had all of these iwi showing up and staying on for a month to six weeks. And so they knew the pressures. You had uh, Te Amohau of Te Arawa saying, Kwa no mayano, katoa he kuini. <laughs> I'm, I'm already a king and all my wives are, are queens so you know you had a whole number uh, of different responses do you think like well I don't know I'm like thinking to myself was it was it a you know eloquent way of sort of passing the buck I think so yeah yeah I think the big thing was they were acknowledged and that was enough mm. as, as as such as the response of uh, Te Heuhiu, or actually all of them was, thank you for the response, but no, yeah, in a, in a gracious way, yeah. Thank you very much, but no thank you. Yeah, thank, 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 thank you very much. And then thank quite you. frankly, each one, when they said no, they nominated the next fella. So <laughs> it was a little bit about, oh, hang on, my cousin up the road, he's got bigger <laughs> fish in his river <laughs> than I have. So, you know, and it, and it went around like that. <laughs> and then they go, who said that? Oh, don't say I'll say. <laughs> yeah, and, and but there were some instances, eh, like um down the east coast, I think it was Karaudia, and he professed that he should be in line, eh? And then he sort of got told by his relations down there, oh That's right, there were there were people that actually put their hand up. Uh, and then the whakapapa experts uh, said to them, oh, hang on, cuss. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> HR of the process. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But the beauty about that is the lessons in there. So it was a kanohiki te kanohi engagement. Mm. It was a hui engagement. And it was, say it straight to the man's face. Hey? Oh, oh, hang on, cuss, we don't think that you've got the whakapapa that, mm. you know, that can uh, hold this position, uh, really. So there's a lot there's a lot of lessons in there for us in this day and age. They weren't keyboard warriors and uh, and things like that. They actually went to them and if they didn't agree with something, they said it straight to the man's face. 
to reflect again on what we've been talking about, the consultation process, the kanohi ki te kanohi. And then again, you know, just very running context, you know, there's rangatira that took the kaupa, but they just wouldn't have turned up and then said, right, want you to be, it would have been, a, you know, a few days hui with yeah, that rangatira. Yeah. It's not like they searched in um, Seek or whatever, the, yeah. the, the job search and found, oh, <laughs> Kingi, oh, yeah, oh, 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 I'll apply for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, been to Tairafati, tick that box, yeah, been yeah, to, been that, to yeah, yeah, yeah. that box. And just the time it would have taken to get between, you know, like from Whanganui to Taupo and yes, then Taupo to Rotoru and then... Yeah, because it shouldn't be emphasised that it was just someone woke up and goes, I think I should be a king today. Mm. You know, if there was 13 years, 13 years, imagine 13 years in this day and age to select someone for such a position. And just going on that, because you know, eventually they did pick somebody, Aye. but he was a Pōtatau, Kingi Pōtatau, when he was thought of, initially, he didn't want to be king. Oh, eh? yes. and, and I think one of his famous sayings was, Rukia king aiwi o waho. And it was from there that they took the kaupapa out. Yeah, so there's a couple of versions there. One of them is that Queen Victoria actually asked the governor who should be the king, and he nominated Portito, and Portito said, Rukia king aiwi o waho. Mm. Uh, and then uh, the other is that at the hui at Pukawa, uh, he was actually nominated by Te Heuhe. Uh, and three times he said no. He said, Kwa tōtera oh, uh, The sun has set on me. And then at the Puna Roimatahui in uh, Rere Amanu at Haurua, uh, they said, Ka tōtera i te ahiahi, ka ara mai anoi te ata. Uh, you mm. know, the sun sets in the evening and it rises again in the morning. Mm. So, you know, all of those things have become proverbial uh, sayings now. Pōtato said to his relations here in Tainui, because he knew that he needed the support of all of Tainui uh, to be able... If, if he was to accept the position. And he said, Kei aku rangatira ki te ki mai koutou me tuau ka tuau. E aku rangatira ki te ki mai koutou me nohoau ka nohoa. Eh? And so he left the choice up to the people because the kingitanga is the people. Mm. Eh? So yes, we had the king as the head, but mm. you also have the people as the backbone, really, mm. of the kaupapa. Kia ora, kia ora e hoa. Um, I think that's a key message for this kōrero uh, today is that kingitanga is the people. Mm. Um, I, I remember going to a pōwhiri and hearing uh, the iwi that we visited saying, oh, e mihi ana ki te kingitanga. And uh, the kaumato on our side, when he stood up, he said, kei te mihi ki ako e ano. He said, you're acknowledging yourself because you are the kingitanga. And I think that's another you know, misconception that the kingitanga is only... Waikato is only Tainui, sure, is only sure. at Wahi and, mm. and Rahui Pokeka Huntley is only Tūranga Waiwai. Now, the Kingitanga is a movement, the Kingitanga Aye. is the people. Aye. Which is, I think it is such such a message that everyone should know is about the consultation and the first reception of Potato was to say, ask everyone first. Mm. You know, let let the people decide. Mm. And also, he was at such an age and where, how old was he when he was he first? He was almost 80. If he was, if he wasn't 80. Kia ora. So he wasn't selected because of the person. He was selected because of the whakapapa. Mm. Because of the whakapapa and because of the resources that he could pull. So his relations in the the first of teams, his relations with the forestry people of Raukawa, his relations with the seaboard and the western seaboard Mm. and the river people and all of those, he could pull those resources and look after people uh, should they show up on his doorstep. Kia ora rawatu, and I just want to sort of extend on, on Whakapapa so people learn, so our listeners are thinking, oh yeah, because of his, not only his pedigree or Aye. his lineage, but the extent of his Whakapapa and being able to unify. Because 
I think I'm right in saying there isn't a waka that the current ariki, kingi, to Haitia, that he can't fuck up papa to because that, that fuck up papa's reaches far and wide. Aye. So, yeah, that was, that was the biggest part, I think, mm. of the consultation period, which is why those certain people were asked, eh, because mm. of the fuck up papa, the pedigree, the, mm. the, the, the links to the mutu. And that, that was it, really. Part of the interviewing process was those ones that could link all Kia of ora. the people. So right. it wasn't just Te Whero Whero, it was Te Heu Heu, it was Te Amohau, it mm. was Te Hapuku. All of those Kia guys ora. had Whakapapa links to every waka uh, and almost every iwi. So you had Te Whero Whero as the, as the mokopuna of Rongopatu Taonga from the north, ah, uh, one of the princesses of the northern people. Mm. Uh, you know, the Te Waka o Auraki and the Papa down through Ngaitahu, through Tahupotiki, and through Waitaha, and places like that. And then, you know, all over the place with all of our waka. You mentioned two hui, and uh, I think you need to talk a little bit about both of them, but particularly Pukawa, because I think that was the... Yeah, so in those days, Te Heu Heu, um, his pātaka burnt down and he created another, and one, his pātaka was bigger than most whare that are around today. Hey. Uh, it was huge. It was, and so he named it Hinanakiuta Hinanakitai. Uh, to, <laughs> to search the land and to search the sea. And so he invited everyone to come to the opening of his pātaka. And that was really the basis of how he, that was the carrot that he dangled to get everyone there. Yeah. And so while there, he put up this uh, mast pole and he said, Bring your mountains and join them to Tongariro because I'm going to join Tongariro with Taupiri and we're going to nominate Pototo Te Whero Whero as the king. Mm. And so everyone that got up and put their stake in the ground, they talked about the undercurrents of Terereo Rangiatea is actually a, an undercurrent of a river under the land. Kia and ora. so they're, they're talking about the stuff that you can see and the stuff that you can't see. Uh, the wairua type things as well. And then they put it on the doorstep of Te Whero Whero. He said, I've got to go back and ask my own people uh, for their support in the first instance, mm. which they did. But Pukawa was really the defining moment in the establishment of the Kingitanga. They had been around all over the country, been back to Tehuheu a couple of times, different Tehuheus, different chiefs in those times. And so, yeah, they came together and they nominated and really Tehuheu wouldn't take no for an answer. Uh, and so Te Whero Whero had to acquiesce or had to give up mm. his kaupapa uh, and say, oh, yeah, okay then. Mehe mea koira te whakatau a te motu, koia. Right. And for those that are, that are wondering, my my people of the north, beyond the wall, Tamati, <laughs> Tamati Wakanene was at that hui. Very and, much so. And I, I, and nā nā no i whakai. Tika tēnā. Kia ora. Kia ora te pua heiri. Mm. So they have the hui, you know, or they've had the te, te, te wānanga, for you know, thirteen years or however Aye. long, took it out to the motu katu te hui uh, kipukawa, and then of course Tainui had our own hui within uh, within Tainui waka, and then how was Portato coronated? Was that even a word? Coronated? Aye. No, crowned. Crowned. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, it's it you that thinks of those words on, like that. It would be coronated. Bukukawa. <laughs> 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 
So Pukawa was 11 years after the concept was brought back to Aotearoa. Wow. And it still took another two years to actually confirm. And so Portato had some issues, like uh, his grand aunt had passed away. And in those times, those chiefs had to seek revenge. And actually, it was near here at Kaipaka uh, mm. that uh, that incident went down. And that stuck with him, that he hadn't avenged the death of his grand-aunt mm. of Tirangianema. Mm. And so he came back to ask some of his uh, grand-uncles, actually, uh, Huani Papita, Porokoru uh, and others, and they said, boy, let it go. Mm. Let it go. And, but to actually cement it, the tribe that had killed his grand-aunt gave one of their princesses in marriage to uh, the, the other tribe. And that's how we resolved a lot of our conflicts at that time through Tomo uh, and things like that. That happened at Rangialfia, and that's when the karakia, the ancient karakia, was put on to uh, Te Whero Whero. And then later on at Ngārua Wahia on the 2nd of May 1858, mm. it was done in a more biblical fashion by Wiremu Tamihana by consecrating Te Whero Whero with the Bible. And that Bible has been the, the, the consecrating instrument for every ariki, including King into Haitia. Uh, and then, you know, through all of that, and anointing with oil and the singing of the of the hymn, Ka Mahuea Ihipa, oh, uh, so like the Exodus hymn. And so that was... That was symbolic of Māori coming out of the pressures of alienation of land and coming out into the land of milk and honey, like, oh, they, no. like they sing about in Kamahua. So he resolved his issues uh, through grace, and the person that coronated him, was he... Consecrated. They consecrated. Crowned him. They crowned him. <laughs> coronated. See, you like it. I like it. It's a it's it's koan. <laughs> so that, that person... Winnemi Tamihana was from the area in which he was to seek revenge, is that right? Yes. So oh. it was actually Winnemi Tamihana that gave mm-hmm. his daughter, Te Raumako, to Ngāti Apakura. Aye. But then there were a number of times, so it Better was... Better than Game of Thrones at the oh. Aye, te ui, aye, aye. <laughs> Game of Thrones has got nothing aye. Aye. in our history. I think, they, <laughs> I think they read our books. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there was a concert at Te Punaroi Mata by Taunui and people like that. There was Te Tapihana that delivered the original karakia. There was the nomination and the resolution, actually. it was So they did it. It wasn't like uh, all in favour say I. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. everybody come up, grab a titi manuka and put it in the ground and that links your mountain yeah. to our mountain. Aye. Neither Aye. was it done by the sword or the patu or the taiha. Right. Yeah, I think that's a big, big difference in our kingitanga is that it was set up in Maungarongo, whereas yeah. if you if you look at a lot of the histories uh, across the world and even in the Pacific, uh, you look at the house of Pōmare in Tahiti mm. uh, and uh, the house of Kamehameha, you know, Kingi Kamehameha went and he overtook all the islands of Hawaii and set himself up as, as supreme ariki or king of Hawaii. But this was done in a, in a, in a maungarongo, in, in the sense of maungarongo. Mm. And everyone came with their kōrero, everyone came with their karakia, everyone came with their mōteatea to show their support in the, in the origins of the King Kia ora, 
Uh, and that's happened right throughout the 160 years. And those sayings, those mōtēatea are still sung and talked about, those prophetic sayings like my mountain doesn't move. Uh, those things are said on a regular basis in a yeah. lot of hui. You know, I call those uh, whakatauki and mōtēatea the Da Vinci codes of the beginning of the kingitanga. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. we, can, we can unpick and clarify yeah. and, and we're still clarifying today and trying Tika. to figure out the wairua in which they talked about. Hi. You know, talking about the Da Vinci Code, you know, he had a about one of the kōrero about the coda, and we've looked at it as a food source, and you, you need a lot of the freshwater coda I'm talking yeah, about. That's the first layer, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, being told, well, you've got to look at the coda, the coda swims backwards. And I was going, oh, yeah. And and that was another, that's another take on that kōrero. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about the Da Vinci Code. Come out the way. Rahui. If it's not too much to ask, could you just touch on each king and Te Ariki Nui and maybe just provide a few, maybe some things mm, that they've done the in their time? Or, of each yeah, eye. yeah, yeah. Some, you know, and I know some of you that are listening out there will know off by heart who these Ariki are. And uh, to, to many of you listening, you won't know a thing about the Kingitanga. So um, if you could, yeah, just provide a little kōrero about each king, succeeding king, and Etaipea, Etaiwarata Mahi. Yeah, so in Portato's time, uh, 1858 was consecrated, and he only lasted uh, a year and a half. So it was in June uh, of 1860 uh, that he passed away. But the cementing of the unification of people within the Kingitanga, and it wasn't about, uh, in Portato's time, it wasn't about usurping the mana of each individual rangatira. It was about the combination and standing up together against the tyranny that was the settler government at that time. And so Pototo was the last king to have the full control over his dominion. Mm. In 1860, when he passed away, his son uh, Matutaira, uh, or Tsukaroto Matutaira, who later became Tafiao, became the king in 1860. Three years later, he was invaded because of the uh, establishment of the kingitanga, and the Raupatu came about. Tafia was a bit of a, uh, he was a pacifist. And so he joined forces with people like the Fitzi and Tohu uh, at Parihaka, who were pacifists as well. But they pushed him so much that his people cried to raise arms. And so in 1863, the Raupatu came about. He took a bit of time, but he came back. And really the Raupatu was about the ceding of land, but it was about the psychological damage that he had done to his people as well. Mm. And so he came back, he established a parliament. Te Kauhanga Nui in 1892. He established a, a newspaper here in uh, Te Wamutu, uh, <laughs> at that time. And so Gorst's uh, rebel government newspaper was here in Te Wamutu as well. The printing press is still here in the museum. He established the institution of Pokai that is more than 130 years old now. Uh, and that was a chance for the king and the people to talk about strategies and planning about particular topical issues of the time. Uh, he established the Councils, uh, his Marua, that would go around and spread the word about here's what the Kingitanga is doing. The Tumuakitanga was established as well. There were a number of things that he did in his time. He actually went uh, on a boat to see Queen Victoria to ask for the Raupatu uh, lands back. And not just for the Waikato, but for all of those that had been confiscated by the New Zealand Settlements Act. Uh, in those times. And because he lasted so long, uh, 1860 to 1894, 
he was able, alongside his strong shoulders at that time, to establish a number of self-determining factors that are still alive and well today. So today we have more than 30 pokai across Tairui and a few outside. We have resurrected the hokioi as our means of uh, propaganda, uh, if you like. Yeah, And the kauwhanganui still stands today. Aye. In 1894, uh, Tafiao passed away just three months after Rewi Maniapoto. And so uh, when he passed away, his son Mahuta took the reins. He entrenched again the kauwhanganui, but he also added to it that there was going to be uh, taxes that were going to be put on people, especially Māori people. So mm. the dog tax uh, was one of those things. You've heard the saying, uh, every man and his dog. Well, <laughs> every chief had a number of dogs, and the more dogs you had, the more money you had. So every man oh, in their tax. That's it. <laughs> every, every man in their tax. And so they taxed everyone, I think it was a, a sixpence for every dog that they had. Mm. And so that's how Te Kauwhanganui made money to, uh, and then the petitions that came out. Mahuta established the brass band because when he first was asked to go to Waiuku, uh, the mayor led the procession and before him was this brass band. And so all the Māori thought, man, if you if you want to have mana, you've got to have a brass band to yeah, precede yeah, you yeah. into these things. <laughs> so Mahuta established a brass band and really there was a wairua element to that too. Ora, so the, the saying at the time was, people's words can change, you know, if they change their mind, but the words of the instruments will always honour God. And so that's why uh, the uh, wairua element of the uh, band there. Seddon came to Wahi in 1903 and asked Mahuta to become part and parcel of the New Zealand government or the Legislative Council at that time. A lot of the Komatua didn't agree because they felt that Mahuta would be subservient to the uh, government of the time. But Mahuta said, look, my father tried in his time to be self-determining. I want to do this as a pathway to get our whenua back. Unfortunately, he quickly found that there were only four Māori on the Legislative Council and they were outvoted at every turn. So he came back uh, in 1910 and took back again the mana of the kikitanga and uh, sort of knew that the parliamentary process wasn't one of the ones that he would be involved in. Two years later, he passed away in 1912 and his eldest son, Terata, uh, the eldest of five brothers, took the reins of the kikitanga. Tirata's first move alongside Tuputai Ngākawa was to travel to England to see King George and it was the first time that the two monarchs actually sat down and had a conversation together. When Tafia went, Queen Victoria wouldn't allow him an audience. Mm. But Tirata met met with King George and Queen Mary at that time. They also met with uh, Queen Liliu Okalani in Hawaii because that was one of the stopovers for the the boat that went. So they set in place another uh, legacy of whanaungatanga across the Pacific as well. And so he couldn't actually achieve very much because whilst they were in discussions, World War I broke out oh, and my. everything had to stop from the English's point of view and Tarata actually had to get out of England or he would have been stuck there until the end of the war. Mm. And so they came back through via Canada uh, and he, he suffered a rheumatic uh, fever and really never recovered from it. But what Tarata did and what his strong suit was was to call on members of his family to take particular leads in the machinations of the kingitanga. And so Te Pue 
Ea Herangi, uh, his first cousin, was designated as the political voice of the tribe. And so she refused to send boys to the First World War. Piu Piu Te Whero Whero was one of the ones that looked after the Wairua aspects across the country, striking up relationships with Rua Kenana and Tahupotiki Wire Muratana uh, in their time. Tonga and Te Rau, Te Rata's younger brothers, looked after the workforce, all of the potato peelers and all of the workforce within the Kingitanga. Tu Mate Mahuta, his younger brother, alongside Peter Hurinui, was the negotiator for the original settlements. And so he, he called on the strong shoulders of the Kahuyariki to be his face and to work within uh, various areas. But Te Rata ultimately had the final say over things that happened within the Kingitanga. In 1933, Terata passed away, and his young son of 22 years old, uh, King Kuroki, uh, oh, took yeah. the reins. He took the reins as the uh, leader of the Kingitanga. Kuroki said it, he was a very shy guy, and he was more comfortable under the, the hood of a truck than he was on the pie pie. <laughs> yes. uh, but he was a very reserved type guy. He was a very spiritual and wairua type guy as well. So he called a lot of the tohunga uh, karakia uh, to share with everybody. He actually opened it up. And so tohunga karakia at those times were very secluded uh, and very hidden away, uh, really, and only brought out when those wairua things needed to be addressed. But kuroki gave it a bigger and wider aspect. He took away a lot of the tapu, mm. uh, the tapu-tapu aspects because he could see that in time the people wouldn't be able to wear them uh, and wouldn't be able to carry them. Kuroki set in place a lot of relationships too. So people like Tekani Teua from Te Tairawhiti and that's how Waihirere became very, very strong supporters. Yeah. Uh, you had Te here with the old grower there uh, at Ngati Ira who was a staunch supporter here. The Paidi Tu Terangi of Tuhoe, you had uh, Mita Taupupoki uh, of Te Arawa, uh, 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 Heke Rankin uh, of the Te Tai Tukerau. You know, all of those sorts of guys would sit around and they would discuss topical issues with Kuroki. Uh, mm. And it was in Kuroki's time that the establishment of himself, really, and then the Teheuheu family became the representatives on the National Waitangi Committee, alongside people like Tahimi Henare and others of their ilk. And so it was really a, a strengthening and relationship building time in Kuroki's time. In 1966, Kuroki passed away without having a natural son and it sort of threw the Kingitanga into a little bit of disarray mm. because they'd never contemplated a female to lead. And so, again, the rangatiras of the motu came to the fore and Henare Tufangai, as the senior priest of that time, said, Tuia tengutu orunga ki tengutu oraro. In other words, shut up and let the motu mm. uh, make the call. And so they made the call in 1966 and picked Kuroki's second eldest daughter, Piki, uh, who later became Te Ataerangi Kahu, uh, to be the successor for Kuroki. The ball game changed because of the radio and TV uh, that had come about. You know, you, you see the the movie The King's Speech and mm. how important radio became in the workings of the monarchy of England. Well, it was very, very much the same. But Te Riki Nui, Te Kahu brought a different type of aspect and it was one of camaraderie, one of whanaungatanga and one of respect, uh, really, to everybody. There were times there, there was a time at Kuronehana where the Mangu mob and the Black Power stood against each other uh, mm-hmm. on, the, on the football field and Te Ata and Tumate walked right up the middle 
And all of the kaimatua say, kick them out, kick them out. And she said, kao, ko te iti metelahi, naku katoa. And so and she was able to diffuse some of those situations just by her demeanour, mm. uh, by her, those types of things. Yeah, and then for 40 years, she remained as the uh, patron uh, of Wanga Wahine Māori Tokoitera, the patron of Māori League, the patron <laughs> of uh, the New Zealand Polynesian Festival. Her granduncle Tonga uh, had started Tani Whanau mm. uh, and they started Tūranga Waiwai so they, they could beat each other up, but in a legal sort of fashion. <laughs> no. uh, but, it's you know, rugby see. league was part and parcel of Ngārua Wahia and Huntley at mm. that time. There were rugby league, Māori tennis, Māori bowls, all of those types of things Teata had a part in, in her time. And it was really the rejuvenation of the Māori spirit Kia in ora. the medium of sport, Kia in ora. the medium of kapahaka, mm. uh, in the medium of manu kōrero, uh, for example. Uh, there were a whole number of things that she was part and parcel of. In the uh, 1970s, she was honoured with a DBE, the first Māori woman uh, to receive a DBE from the monarch. Mm. Uh, oh. Everyone else uh, sort of got these from the Governor-General, but she was presented with her Dame Commander of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth herself. Later on, Queen Elizabeth would come back with Princess Anne and open Tikimiura at Tūranga Waiwai, and that relationship endured right through. 1990, she was the first one to receive the Order of New Zealand, mm. her and Sir Edmund Hillary. But on her on her little badge, it had the number one mm-hmm. on, on there because that was the sesquicentennial, the 150 years of the nation in 1990. Oh, and so uh, yeah, she became the patron alongside the Governor-General at that time. But it was, it was a whole lot of uh, females at the lead of Aotearoa in those sorts of times. And then uh, later on, uh, in 2006, Tereki Nui passed away mm. uh, after after celebrating her 40th year uh, oh, as Tereki Nui uh, mm. in May of that year. Then in August, she passed away and that gave rise uh, to the motu again cementing that her son, her eldest son, Kiki Tuhetia, would uh, take the mantle of the Kingitanga and that's been the way for the last 12 years. Then nā koe rāhui, You know, just touching on when Tariki Nui Tatairangi Kahu passed away and, you know, you were talking about radio and her time when she came in, in 1966, the time of Koroki. When she passed away, I think it was the year afterwards, I was watching, it was breakfast or something like that, and they had this, a spokesperson for Spark or something on, there was being telecom, mm. and he said... That was the most text traffic they ever had in New Zealand was when Tariki Nui passed away, 2006. Most text traffic on phones, more than New Year's when everyone's texting. Yeah, yeah. You know, Happy New yeah, Year yeah. on New Year's. <laughs> And it was, it, was, it was sad, but at the same time, you know, it was exciting for Te Ao Māori because, well, I found it exciting because Aye. we were wondering who's going to be the next... Ariki, the, the next king or queen, and uh, there was a there was a buzz at Tūranga Waiwai, and uh, just the droves of people, and you know, talking about before those Ariki back in their day when when the kingitanga, the concept of kingitanga was presented to the motu, and they knew that if they were to take up that office, they would have to resource it, and really you you see that at Koronehana, and, and you saw it at Te Ariki Nui's tangihanga. Oh. I mean, I think there was over you know. 
hundred cows and and you know and thousands of right. chickens I and believe sheep. A container full of yeah. I remember going full, out, full out, of meat was, was yeah. yeah like, I remember going out the back and two containers turned up from Ngaitahu. Right. They sent two containers, might have been more of full of kaimoana, and uh, at the same time, this kuia pakeha from the other side of the river, because I was talking to Auntie Kawe who's doing the catering, this kuia pakeha turned up with their little plate of biscuits. Oh, uh, eto, as, eto. Yeah, as a, you know, a whakaro ki te, ki te hapai, uh, i te tangihanga. That's yeah. one of my most favourite stories. So there was a, a little old pakeha couple in Goa mm. uh, on the west coast of the South Island that had come across on the ferry and drove all through the night and came to Tūranga Waiwai with a shopping bag of onions and leeks. <laughs> and, <laughs> Because they had heard that that's what you do at a tangihanga. So they drove all through the night, came and then went home again because they had met Teata 35 years earlier. And that memory had mm. stuck with them. And that's how much she touched people. Mm. And the kohanga reo, she was the, also the patron of the kohanga reo, she would hop on the ground and play knuckle bones with the kids mm. and then sit with the kaumatu and have a cup of tea and a kōrero and then welcome a head of state or a, a head of a church uh, and then go out and sit with the uh, with the dishwashers. Mm. You know, that was the way that she had endeared people to the kikitanga. Te nākoi. Touching on our current king, King Itu Heitia, and I don't really want to talk about some of the political things he's he's done and things like that, but one thing that's prevalent to me is his him embracing the rangatahi and pushing the rangatahi and encouraging the rangatahi to um, take up leadership roles and to get into particular responsibilities, not only within the kingitanga but within our people, mm. not only in Tainui but throughout the mutu. Very much so. So King Ituhaitia is very, very focused on the future of the King Itangelo. And I think a lot of that is driven by his tamariki who have come up, you know, through the Kohanga Reo and the Kurakaupapa system and then through the universities and but all the while maintaining their their maoriness, mm. uh, I suppose, through the mediums of kapahaka and, and, and things like that. And I think that he's looking at the future of the Kingitanga and trying to solidify now, I suppose, the next set of spokespeople and waiata people and uh, organisers mm. uh, so that the future of the Kingitanga will always be part and parcel. You know, we've seen on our paipai there's been a resurgence of rangatahi, well, not quite rangatahi, but still think they're rangatahi. Mm. Uh, some of them <laughs> are quite young. <laughs> 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 And they're, they're really finding a place now uh, amongst the Komatuam. We also uh, see across the motu, in, you know, uh, at the Pikiao Pokei, for example, when some of our rangatahi got up, they allowed, for the first time in my memory, a mm. uh, 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 rangatahi whose father and uh, all of the old people are still alive yeah. to stand on, you know. And so that's been something that's permeating through the whole motu. And I think it's a silly person who doesn't embrace the future of a kaupapa for it to survive. So if we're talking about 160 years of kingitanga, what then does it hold for 160 years into the future? Ai, ka hai hai anō what are your what, what are some key messages of the kingitanga and key principles of the kingitanga in closing? 
I think uh, one of the things for me personally is taking the um, the lessons of our past, all of those Da Vinci codes and the Togi Kura in <laughs> uh, those sorts of things, and unpicking them uh, so that our rangatahi are clear. But that's the beauty of Togi Kura. Togi Kura are sayings that will never ever be uh, completed or never actually be finalised. Mm. So mm. when you say Makuano e Hanga Toku Nefare, every generation has to build their own house and they have to populate it with the popo that they see at that time and every generation will have their challenges mm. and so I I actually would like to see the lessons of our past to guide our present so that our future uh, is stronger we say uh, you know we learn from our past to derive our future and we need to really focus on making the next generation so that they have a stronger legacy and a stronger foundation than the one that we inherited their responsibility is to provide a stronger uh, foundation for the next generations and so on and so forth so by the year 3000 the kingitanga uh, has a, 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 a tradition of uh, building foundations for the yeah, next generation Ahoi anoe te iwi hei hei tautoko i ngā kōrero kato ko te waiata o te wiki ko tēnei waiata e noho tūheitia and before we get into the waiata just ask Rahui just to sign off and maybe just provide a little whakamārama about the waiata Kia ora E ngā iwi o te motu nō kōtou tēnei kaupapa o te kīngitanga Kia ora Ko tātai nui he manaki he tiaki Engari ko tēnei waiata uh, was penned by uh, Te Poea and the TPM uh, for Kingi Tirata, so the original words were e noho e rata i te pou o waikato. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when um, koroki came about, inia te wiata saying e noho koroki, and then when te ariki nui, te atairangi kahu, uh, took the reins, it was e noho e ata, <laughs> and then after 2006 it was e noho tūheitia. And it talks about the uh, tūtohu whenua or the environmental aspects of the people covering particularly uh, the Tainui tribes. Tēnā rā wātou koe. Nō rēra e te iwi, whakarongo mai. Arati hei Māori, ora e noho tūheitia. E noho tūheitia, te hiri o waikato, e huri toka no hiki te hau. Ā huru ngā tai, nunguru i waho te āta. Au e hei, au e. Ia we. Au e hei, au e. Oh, 
And it will be kept forever more. Recently, I, I visited Ngā Taonga Sound and Vision and uh, agreed that uh, we will send the archive of uh, all the Taringa recordings uh, to be archived there forever more. Hopefully, Taringa's around uh, in the year 3000. Hey, hey, hey. To interview for another Kingi Tonga. That's right. Might be Taringa Hiko Hiko by then. Might be telepathic. Telepathic, You know, gone round. Sound and telepathy. Telepathy. Oi, no, tene te mihia ke rahui ka kafakawate a kafakawate a koe norera e mihia na te na koe. Kia ora. Kia ora, man. Fakarongo ki te tangi a te kori mako Korero flowing at the hooker force Ko papa relevant, ko papa out of bounds Ko papa exigent, ko papa paramount Nā kona whakapiri mai ki te Ko papa tino whakahira hira Fakarongo pi karikari mai Hare are mai, o taringa hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kani kani move that body Kani kani move that body Taringa Brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. To listen to more episodes, search for us on your podcast app and subscribe. Taringa, whakarongo mai. <laughs>